Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked on Spartans. It is Tuesday, April 30th, 2019. I am your host, Will Hunter. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode of Locked on Spartans. Got a uh, bunch of different random things on the docket today. Uh, I was scrapping together uh, some interesting stuff, or at least what I thought was interesting uh, stuff for the show uh, related to Michigan State, some things just going on on the internet, things like that. And generally what I try to do just to fill the, the three-segment format we have here uh, with the Locked On Podcast Network and Locked On Spartans. So you try to find you know, three things to talk about or uh, one big thing that you can break into three segments or something like that. But today, um, what I've got is five things. Uh, I don't think any of which would make one individual segment, uh, but I'm going to kind of try to stretch them out here and mush a couple of them into one segment and things like that. And none of them are really that related, so it's kind of a hodgepodge. That's what I'm trying to say. Today's episode is a hodgepodge, but there's some interesting things, some funny things, uh, and some stuff that's worth talking about for sure. So that's what we're going to go about doing today. We got another MSU Twitter bracket. We got some uh, Vegas stuff that's interesting, uh, mock draft stuff for next year already that we'll talk about. We got some poll results. Um, and Aaron Henry getting a little recognition as well. So just a bunch of different random things here to talk about on a Tuesday episode of Locked on Spartans. Reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, I uh, can't recommend it enough. It is the best and easiest way to be able to listen to this show every single day. All you do, go to your favorite podcast provider, wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, search Locked on Spartans, hit that subscribe button, and new episodes are sent directly to you whenever they are posted. And yeah, rate and review on iTunes like I've told you guys before that stuff uh really helps out if you don't mind hopping over to itunes and giving a five-star review to the show i would genuinely appreciate it uh one other quick bit of homework here uh if you are a fan of uh let me just nerd out real quick if you are a fan of avengers the marvel cinematic universe stuff like that uh, i do another podcast called the three gas bags uh with uh, Matt Sheehan from The Only Colors and our other buddy Paul Costanzo, who's a longtime sports writer. And it's a Detroit sports podcast, but we are doing a special episode later this week about Avengers Endgame. Um, this sweeping the nation $1.2 billion uh, in the first weekend of box office sales, which is absolutely insane. Uh, but if you want to hear that, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at will underscore underscore hunter one l two underscores. I'll tweet out the link there, or just search uh, the three gas bags uh, and wherever you get podcasts. If you want to listen to that, I just want to give it a quick shout out. I know a lot of people are really into those movies and into that whole universe. So if that's something that might be of interest to you and you like hearing me talk about things and you want to hear me talk about that, that's how you would go about doing it. All right. End of homework segment. Let's, uh, let's get started with today's show, uh, talking about another MSU Twitter bracket. Okay. So David Harns of The Only Colors, writer, writer and editor uh, for The Only Colors, formerly of iSports Web, uh, at David Harns on Twitter. Really good, informative guy who's pretty uh, well-connected within the program. Good Twitter follow for sure and does a good job with his work. He won this uh, Michigan State Twitter bracket that you may have seen going on. I talked about it a little bit. A couple of weeks ago, uh, he and the Only Colors Twitter account actually faced off in the championship round uh, to declare the champion of MSU Twitter. 
David won, and there was a lot of, um, I don't know, complaints, um, comments, things like that, that not enough people were involved. Not all of MSU Twitter was fully encompassed. Uh, there were a lot of good ones, but not all the great ones. Uh, so David has taken it upon himself to create a massive ultimate MSU Twitter bracket. So uh, he took nominations over the weekend. Uh, and what he has done here is he has given the top 48 MSU Twitter accounts that he received nominations for uh, based on strength of resume, you know, Twitter follower amounts, job, things like that. Um you know, and just amount of nominations. Uh, so the top 48 all advance to the ultimate tournament, which will have 64 Twitter accounts in it. And there are 54 additional accounts that are in what is being, uh, what I can describe as uh, kind of a playoff bracket, play-in games. Uh, the final 16 bids, he says, will be earned through playing games. The seating in brackets will be announced uh, after the playing games. So how it's broken down is uh, accounts number 49 through 64 are the top seeds in these little pool play things. And then they are, um, you know, seeded or not seeded, but matched up against uh, smaller accounts, accounts with fewer followers and things like that. It's pretty simple if you just go to at David Harns on Twitter. But I, your, uh, I don't even want to say like your leader. I'm not your leader. Your uh, wonderful host of Locked On Spartans uh, was nominated uh, and <laughs> made the cut at number 77. There are 102 accounts uh, total that are on here. Bottom 54 are in play-in games, and I am number 77, um, currently matched up in my pool against number 57 uh, at Mr. Odinga, 76, the Spartan Mag, myself at 77, and then 78, as uh, Henkelman Logan. Um, so I am number three in my pool, but I think you guys can help me uh, advance out of this thing. I'm probably a long shot. I've got half the Twitter followers of the leader of the bracket, the expected favorite, Mr. Odinga. But if I can uh, get to that championship round and pull an upset, I can get myself uh, into the bracket as a 16 seed looking to make some noise like UMBC did. Uh, last year. And for that, I am relying upon you. It is my sole goal to make this tournament and spring a giant upset against somebody who has way more Twitter followers than me. Um, enough people listen to this podcast that I think we could probably get out of the play-in game. I don't think we'll get uh, out of the first round of the actual tournament because we'll be matched up against someone with like 15,000 Twitter followers or something like that. Uh, but I will be tweeting about it at will underscore underscore hunter. Uh, at Locked On Spartans or at On Spartans, excuse me, the Locked On Spartans feed. I'll be using that for my personal gain as well. I'm not sure if that is frowned upon. I frankly do not care. And like I said, you can also follow at David Harns on Twitter as this play-in matchup, uh, you know, goes out. It looks like I'm going to be matched up here in the first round against Spartan Mag, the the two-three matchup, or maybe it'll be one, two, three, four, and you pick one. Either way. Uh, I need your support, so look out for that. And when you see it, uh, vote for me. Let's try to rally the troops here and get my crappy Twitter account uh, into the big tournament here to determine the top MSU Twitter accounts, uh, which I will certainly not compete in. I will come nowhere near anywhere close to winning, um, but I would like to be in there, throw my weight around a little bit, and then quickly jump on the uh, Sheehan Sports 
bandwagon because uh, he is the greatest follower, uh, greatest follow on MSU Twitter. So look out for that. Uh, and if you want to help me out, I would genuinely appreciate it. Uh, yeah, so we'll be doing that. All right, one more thing here, uh, and then we'll go. Actually, you know what? No, I'm going to do a short first segment, uh, and then we'll have two things to talk about each in the additional uh, next two segments because I kind of dragged on with that homework stuff and things like that. The intro always takes some time, so that'll work out time-wise. Uh, coming up after the break, we'll talk about uh, Vegas setting an interesting number for Michigan State and then 2020 mock drafts. Uh, we'll do that after this quick commercial break. You can get Locked on Spartans on the brand new podcasting app Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Spartans. And today's show is brought to you in part by ZipRecruiter. Hiring used to be hard. Multiple job sites, stack of resumes, and a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy, and you only have to go to one place to get it done. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash LockedOn. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes. Imagine that. Thousands of resumes. You, if you're at home, listen to this right now, and you're in charge of hiring Imagine how long it would take you to go through a thousand resumes. ZipRecruiter does that for you. They scan thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address at ZipRecruiter.com slash LockedOn, ZipRecruiter.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. One more time, ZipRecruiter.com slash LockedOn, ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, welcome back to segment two of today's Locked on Spartans. Teased before the break, uh, some interesting Las Vegas numbers uh, as it relates to Michigan State. Uh, This is football, uh, courtesy of Brett McMurphy on Twitter from the Superbook USA, uh, an offshore betting book. These are the updated college football playoff national title odds. Uh, Leading the way, Clemson 2-1, Bama 5-2, 5-2, Georgia's third, 7-1, then Ohio State 10-1, Michigan and Oklahoma 14-1, LSU, Texas 25-1. You notice a trend here, there's good teams and then there's teams with large fan bases that have no shot and Vegas just wants to take their money. Uh, I will not specify which of the teams I just talked about uh, are in that second category. Notre Dame and Washington 30-1, Florida, Oregon, Nebraska, Texas A&M 40-1, Auburn 60-1, Wisconsin 80-1 if you want to lose some money, just it's probably you have a better shot of setting your money on fire and it magically turning into more money than betting on Wisconsin to win a national title. Florida State, Iowa, Miami, Mississippi State, Penn State, USC, Utah, and Washington State at 100 to 1. And then at 200 to 1, Michigan State, Oklahoma State, TCU, and Virginia Tech. Man, 200 to 1 odds. I made the joke that sound here is Matt Sheehan running to his uh, computer to plop $10 down on a Michigan State 200 to 1 future. Um, that is obviously an extreme long shot, uh, 200 to 1. I don't know. I don't do much betting unless I'm on a trip in Vegas and I don't do big futures like that. I like to just do the games and things like that. But 200 to 1 is intriguing for Michigan State. I don't think uh, they're going to compete for the national title this year. 
unfortunately. Um just with how strong Clemson and Alabama are right now, I don't think anyone outside of Georgia probably has a chance to compete for the national title next year. We'll see how things sort of shake out, how things develop at Ohio State, what happens with uh, Oklahoma having to replace Kyler Murray and stuff like that. LSU has a ton of talent, but they never seem to be able to sort of figure things out. But really, uh, any bet not on Clemson or Alabama at this point seems like wasted money. But 200 to 1 on Michigan State, would you be tempted by that? Like just, you know, throwing $10 on there. It's 10 bucks, not crazy, but $10. Uh, and to be able to bring back a couple of grand from that, that's, uh, that's pretty nice. That's a pretty nice uh, pickup there. And honestly, I mean, we've done the parallels with last season uh, and with, 2012 and how 2013 and 20 or how 2013 played out and how next season might play out. Uh, Michigan State is going to be returning most of the best defense in the country, and they didn't lose. You know, they lost some guys, uh, but the guys they lost in the back end who are really important are being replaced by guys with just as much, if not more, talent. Uh, and linebackers absolutely loaded with David Dowell gone, and then everyone else is back. The most important players, for the most part, are back. Josiah Scott is back healthy. Uh, that's going to be a number one, two, three defense in the entire country next year. And we know, just based on how 2013 played out, if Michigan State can get a competent offense, not even a good one, just a competent average can score 28 points on somebody offense, uh, they can absolutely make some noise this year and enter into double-digit wins. And that 2013 team, I stand by this. I've said this 100 times. If there was a college football playoff in 2013, if that was the first year of the playoff, I think Michigan State would have won the national championship. They would have had a great shot uh, against Auburn and Florida State, the two teams that played for the national championship. Uh, they were absolutely incredible towards the end of the season. The offense was really going. It was a top 40 or so offense despite finishing. I think they finished 72nd or something like that, but the beginning of that season was so bad, and the offense really rounded into shape. And if this team can kind of follow a similar trend, and who knows what's going to happen. We've been hearing really positive indicators out of camp that you know it's going to be a more modern offense, going to use the skill sets of Brian Lewerke better, uh, it's going to include tempo more. It's going to do more spread type things, more RPOs. Uh, that's good. That that in that that's positive. And if Michigan State can be a solid offense this year with that number one defense, they could, you know, make it to the Big Ten championship game. And if they win the Big Ten and only have one loss in the season, the non-conference isn't too difficult. You have road games with Ohio State. You have a road game with Michigan. You win one of those get to uh, the Big Ten Championship game and win that as a one-loss team, you're you're getting into the playoff. Uh, and so I think there's a somewhat, you know, it's not a great chance, but there's there's a, certainly a chance that this team could uh, end up rounding into form and winning the Big Ten this year. There's enough talent to do so. Uh, and this program's done it enough that it's like, it's a really intriguing future bet. Getting 200 to one on a team that could ultimately, like there's a realistic path to the playoff, uh, I'm not saying I would do it, but I'm saying there are certainly worse bets on the board. I would feel better at Michigan State at 201 than I would at Michigan 14 to one, uh, and that's not even you know that's some rivalry stuff. But like Michigan, uh, just w- with what they've done, what they lost on the defensive side, they'll be better offensively. But I think they'll be you know a solid team. But I don't think they're going to be able to do enough to you know win the Big Ten East and and win the Big Ten next year and. 
unless you know they probably have a better shot than Michigan State, but at fourteen to one, like I'm not putting money on that. Two hundred to one. Now we're interested. So uh, I thought that was something worth mentioning uh, and was really you know just an interesting line. I've been looking for Michigan State in some of those, uh, and this was the first time I had seen them. Uh, and yes, 200 to one, I would, uh, jump all over that if I was, you know, I would potentially jump all over that if I was someone who was in that sort of offshore betting type mood. Uh, one other thing here real quick, we'll do a quick one and then come back with the mock draft stuff. Uh, I wanted to mention, uh, Andy Katz, uh, who, uh, covers, uh, the big 10. He's a big 10 network contributor, uh, correspondent for NCAA, uh, does a lot of good work, a respected basketball mind, has Aaron Henry as his number two rising star uh, for 2019-2020. He listed uh, 11 rising stars to watch for next season, and Henry came in at number two. Here's what Katz has to say. Henry's potential is soaring. He should flourish next to Cassius Winston and a healthy Joshua Lang for next season. He showed plenty during the NCAA tournament, scoring 20 in the win over LSU in the Sweet 16. His defense will continue to improve, but his ceiling will be shattered by his ability to make shots, get to the rim, and elevate above the defense in the open floor. And yeah, it's, uh, you know, I don't disagree with anything Andy says there. Aaron's certainly a guy that uh, Michigan State's going to be looking to to take that big step forward after a solid, uh, you know, an up and down, but mostly solid freshman season. We've seen the flashes of greatness. We've seen the potential. He mentioned specifically that LSU game. Uh, Aaron became more confident with his jump shot later in the season. He can shoot it from deep. He can get to the rim. He's an explosive athlete. He was drawing really difficult assignments on defense towards the end of the season. Remember the Big Ten Championship game? He's the one who came in in the second half and totally shut down Iggy Brasdikas after he had a a big first half. Uh, Henry is someone who certainly could end up being all Big Ten uh, by the end of the season. And if, you know, we'll see what his game looks like offensively, how much it develops, and things like that. But he is an athletic wing uh, who, I guess I can shoot it, can create off the dribble, can get to the rim, and can defend. He might be a guy who, with a big enough leap, could uh, be looking at an NBA future uh, sooner rather than later. I do think he'll eventually get to the NBA, but with a real big sophomore season, he could be there after next season. Uh, Certainly him and a million other guys uh, have huge summers this season for Michigan State, and if he hits a ceiling-type uh, season next year, yeah, Michigan State's going to be pretty damn tough to beat because I think going into the season, uh, Henry's going to be, you know, third or fourth uh, on guys you're going to be relying on, and if he provides something excellent, like that's just the more the merrier. Michigan State could end up really loaded if Henry makes a big jump forward next season. So I saw that, wanted to give him a quick mention for that. All right, let's take a break here. When we get back, we'll talk about some 2020 mock drafts and then uh, some poll results from Twitter. Remember, to get the show every day, subscribe to Locked on Spartans and the new Himalaya podcast app. In an ever-expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya with our personally curated playlists and new features every day. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to Locked on Spartans. All right, welcome back to segment three of today's Locked on Spartans. I actually want to start with... Uh, these poll results that I've got here uh, from a poll I put up at the Locked on Spartans Twitter page, at on Spartans. Uh, and this was kind of in relation to uh, the show I did yesterday uh, about Michigan State players, where they ended up in the draft, where they ended up signing with free agents, uh, and just how good of a fit, how good of a landing spot was that for those guys. 
So the poll question was, which former Spartan will be starting their NFL career in the best spot? Options were Justin Lane in Pittsburgh, Kari Willis in Indianapolis, Felton Davis in Kansas City, and LJ Scott in Baltimore. Uh, And the winner with 41% was Justin Lane. Felton Davis came in at 30%, Kari Willis at 24%, and LJ Scott only got 5% of the vote. Um, I think you really couldn't go wrong with Lane, Willis, or Davis in any of those situations, given all the... Uh, all the context you need to sort of make that call. Uh, I went with Kari Willis because I think Indy is primed to make a run at the AFC title. Uh, Being part of that would be awesome. He's in a spot where he will be able to earn himself some time on the field, but won't be relied upon uh, heavily just yet, but has a great sort of future path set out for him if he hits those benchmarks that they would expect him to hit. Uh, he could be starting for them as early as next season if all goes well uh, in his mind, if not the year after that. But he will certainly be seeing the field next season, and he's going to be playing special teams. Uh, I would imagine he's a guy who uh, played special teams at Michigan State before he got on the field as the starting safety, still did some special team stuff. So he's going to find a way on the field early, and being able to play for an organization like that that's going to win a ton of games and getting to play uh, with a good group of defensive backs, but not have the pressure of needing to step in and be the guy immediately, uh, I think bodes really well for him. It's really similar with Justin Lane as well, and he has great coaching uh, there in Pittsburgh, but I don't th- think the ceiling is quite as high for the Pittsburgh team as uh, it is for the Colts, so that's why I wanted to give the nod to Willis there. And then, yeah, Felton Davis is in a really good spot, but it's a tricky spot because of his injury. Uh, he may very well um, you know, not end up recovering in time to be with the Chiefs this year. Who knows how the Chiefs will handle that situation. Their receiving situation is a little bit weird right now. Uh, so while it is a great spot, and if it ends up playing out well for Felton Davis, they let him sort of medically redshirt, don't expect too much from him, and then he comes back next year with a shot to make the team, then that's awesome. That would work out perfectly for him, but that's not 100% set in stone. Given that he's an undrafted free agent, they didn't invest much into him, and he's coming off an Achilles tear. That you know, it might not be how it plays out. So I'll put him third, and then yeah, LJ Scott with the toughest situation for sure. Uh, going into a loaded backfield in Baltimore as an undrafted guy, he's going to get an opportunity to prove himself. Uh, he's not a special teams player, and if he doesn't take the full advantage of that opportunity, he could end up uh, getting cut and having to hopefully latch on to another team uh, this season. All right, let's uh, put a pin in that and move over to 2020 mock draft. So, yeah, way too early mocks always come out right after the uh, NFL draft, and they're completely inaccurate and very rarely hold up. But I do think they're interesting to look at because uh, they give sort of like a watch list. Like, here's some guys who uh, are certainly going to be in play for first-round picks next year. Here's guys who scouts like. Uh, but you know, need to have good seasons, continue what they're doing uh, to sort of show that they belong in these first-round conversations. There's some guys that are kind of like givens, like Tua, Tonga Viola uh, from Alabama, Justin Herbert are the top two quarterbacks. You would expect that to continue through the process. Ohio State defensive end Chase Young is someone who is pegged at like the top five for everyone. So there's different guys that you see in here that are pretty locks, you know, rock solid locked into these spots. And then there's other guys that fit more into uh, the first group that I was talking about, guys that are on the radar right now. Right now. And so I, I've been looking through some of these to see where, uh, if and where Michigan State players might fall on them. Um, 
I wasn't sure. It's I know there's some guys that uh, certainly deserve mention on some of these lists, but uh, no one who's in the category of Tago Viola, or Herbert, or, or Chase Young, or anything like that that you know are going to be in there. So uh, I was looking through them, looking for some Michigan State guys. Uh, didn't see any in the first couple that I did, but finally started to see some as I went through more and more. Uh, CBS Sports, Kenny Willekes comes in at number 21 on their way too early mock. Uh, he did not make the Bleacher Report one. Uh, he did not make the NBC Sports one. With SB Nation, he came in at number 29. Kenny Wilkes did Sporting News. He comes in at 32. And then The Athletic did one as well, and Kenny Wilkes came in at number 32 there. So good to see him get some recognition there. I was curious to see if there was an opinion on Josiah Scott yet, uh, just because he was a freshman All-American and is one of the highest-graded corners um, you know, from pro football focus college and things like that, and looks to be just uh, a rock solid player who's absolutely going to be a pro after this season, should everything go well. But he had the injury last year, missed most of the season, uh, and that certainly can hinder and impact a guy's draft stock. And there's going to be questions about his athleticism. He wasn't a really highly ranked recruit coming out, and with defensive backs and athletes and things like that recruiting. Uh, guys with huge speed numbers, guys that are really fast, um, definitely get a, a nod in terms of recruiting rankings and things like that. So uh, Josiah Scott, just how fast he is, I'm sure there's going to be some questions there, just like there were with like Darquez Denard uh, and things like that. You can see in coverage, he's great, can do all the things you want him to do, but that athleticism and how that game translates to the next level is always going to be a question for scouts. So I was curious to see if he showed up anywhere and he didn't. I wasn't totally surprised, but I think you know, by midseason, if Michigan State's playing really well and they have eyes on them and the defense is rolling, Josiah Scott's a guy that we could certainly see hop into that uh, category as a round one type guy or round two type guy. Uh, I think he, even better than Justin Lane, uh, profiles as someone who can play at the next level for sure. Uh, and then as well, another person I didn't think we'd see just because of the way uh, the NFL has sort of changed the way football has changed. Joe Bocci is certainly going to be someone who gets drafted next year. Uh, he is a better athlete than given credit for. I think there might be still some questions about his fit in the NFL because the old traditional downhill run stopping thumper middle linebacker doesn't really exist anymore. Uh, linebackers have to be able to go sideline to sideline and, and do things like that. And Joe can certainly do that with ease. Uh, in college, but is he someone who, if he when he runs the forty, is going to be able to run like a four five six four six somewhere in there, or is he a four eight five type guy, uh, like we saw with Max Bola, and it ended up dropping Max's draft stock way down, even though he's an incredibly effective college player. I think Bocce, just by watching him, he seems like a much better athlete overall in terms of quickness and speed and agility, and and like I just think of that interception he made against Utah State at the beginning of the season. It was a crazy athletic play. Uh, I think he might be someone who could profile uh, someone who ends up getting higher in the draft. Uh, but the, certainly the testing process and stuff like that will be important for him. Didn't think we'd see him on any of these lists and didn't, uh, you know, for whatever reason. I guess he's just not uh, on the radar as a bona fide first round pick at this point. But there are a number of guys on that defense who certainly could end up in the conversation for a top uh, first, second, third round type picks, uh, day one, day two draft picks. Um, you know, and that's not even getting into the guys on the D line. We'll see how that stuff all pans out for them. And Andrew Dahl is another kind of 
wild card there, what type of season he has uh, and what type of uh, you know development he shows at the safety position. But yeah, just wanted to go through those early, way too early 2020 mocks. Kenny is certainly on the NFL's radar as a high pick, uh, and I wouldn't expect uh, him to do anything less than build on that uh, and build on the incredible season he has last year and just the development he showed and how good of a football player he's, he's become. I would expect it to continue and get even better uh, this season, this upcoming season, and for him to be a high draft pick uh, in next year's NFL draft. All right, that is it for today's episode. Uh, Tomorrow is Wednesday. No show on Wednesday. We'll be back Thursday. And on Thursday, uh, I've got uh, a special sort of Michigan State adjacent type thing that I mentioned um, we'd be doing sometimes throughout the summer as, as things get slow and there's less and less news. Of course, we'll do whatever, if anything pops up, if there's any transfer news or anything like that, uh, we'll talk about it. But I know I've got a lot of Detroit Lions fans uh, who listen to this show. It's obviously based out of Michigan, a lot of Michigan listeners and a lot of football fans and a lot of Detroit Lions fans. So I'm going to, for one segment on uh, Thursday's show, have Andrew Wade in. Andrew is the uh, host of Locked on Hawkeyes. Uh, the Iowa version of this podcast for Lockdown, uh, the Lockdown Podcast Network. And we're just going to do one quick segment, five, 10 minutes, uh, about TJ Hawkinson and what uh, Detroit Lions fans and what the Lions can expect to get out of him and what type of player he is. So that'll be on Thursday show for one segment, and then we'll have other Michigan State stuff as well there. If nothing pops up in terms of news or anything like that over the next couple of days, we'll move on with our positional previews. Uh, moving into wide receivers, which will take up the other two segments of that show. So that's the plan for the rest of the week here. Again, no show Wednesday, back Thursday with some football-y type stuff and a little bit of Detroit Lions type stuff uh, as it relates to TJ Hawkinson with Andrew Wade from Lockdown Hawkeyes. All right, thanks so much for listening to today's show. Reminder to rate, view, and subscribe to the podcast. We'll be back to, nope, we won't be back tomorrow. We'll be back Thursday. Until then, go green.